Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo and a white female too, saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. You are fake news. Your information is totally false. I just think you're dumb, okay? I think you're fucking dumb. Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show. It's a terrific show. It's a tremendous show. Frankly, the best, and you can ask anyone. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And speaking of the best, tonight we have a very special episode because we have a very special guest. I guess we couldn't be more excited to host. The great Dave Rubin of Rubin Report fame. Dave, welcome to the show. This is very exciting because I wanted to end the day with two white nationalists. And I did a little, <laughs> I did a little research here and it turns out big Nazis. So I'm very excited because I've been yeah. talking about tolerance and peace and new center and meeting people in the middle and all that all day. But let's get to the stuff that I care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you white came to the right place. You asked before the show, is the hood necessary? We said, no, you know, the casual wear will do fine. Yeah. Hope but necessary. yeah, but in all seriousness, uh, you did have a busy day today. I saw you hosted Glenn Beck. You hosted, uh, Faisal, uh, Faisal, Faisal Al-Mutar. Faisal um, Saeed Al-Mutar. Right. About, uh, Trump's travel ban. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, but we appreciate you making time for our little duct tape production here. Uh, it's awesome to have you. Yeah, well, I look, I like you guys, and you know, I just came, sort of came aware of what you're doing over the last couple of months, and uh, we need more allies in this space. And I don't care uh, where people are or what they look like or anything. I care about their ideas, and I've consistently, you know, seen you guys putting out some good stuff, and occasionally have come to my defense on some things. And uh, you know, so it's it's better to build bridges than to burn them, right? I th- I think the only thing I have ever ripped you for is Gary Johnson. That is, <laughs> that is Believe the one me, I thing myself for Gary Johnson. That's the one thing. But, um, you know, if you saw, sorry, go for it. Well, Gary Johnson, just real quick. I mean, I've said this a thousand times before, but you know, I spent about a half hour with him before we did our show together. Uh, he wasn't even going to be on my show, but he, he stuck around. He was on Larry King's show and we shared the same studio at the time. You know, they would flip the set, but we were in the same building. And Gary was an extremely decent, thoughtful, pleasant man off camera we got on camera and he's again decent thoughtful pleasant blah 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 the second i did that video around august 15th about support gary johnson because let's get these ideas into one debate let's just support him to 15 percent. that's what i said i said there's no chance here i said even if this guy kills it in the debate they'll either have him killed or something he's not going into two debates right but he from that moment forward, then he had the tongue thing, he had the electric <laughs> thing, he had, he couldn't name a foreign leader he liked thing, 
he was just a disaster, and he's not a great libertarian either. Yeah, he's really a libertarian. But I tried, and well, And by the way, the tongue thing was: if I get on the stage, I can do this and still win by default. Uh, not true. Turns out, probably not true. But he <laughs> he did try. Um, we could talk about the Libertarian Party maybe a little bit later because I think one of the things I I want to talk to you about is I think you and I are on a very similar political trajectory as far as outlook and. Um, I will say people who are watching, if you suck at the internet, you don't know who Dave is, find his links in the description, Ruben report, watch the show, listen to it. If you prefer audio, um, find all that Ruben report on Twitter. Um, but this is the first time that you and I have spoken by voice. And I do want to, I want to thank you and your show, not only your perspective, but also the perspectives of, of the guests that you host, because it has been uh, something that has really transformed my political perspective in the last year. And I feel like I'm, I'm a disaffected liberal. I'm out in the political wilderness now. I don't know where my home is, <laughs> but I at least get it. It's a great source for a lot of different voices. So you can try to find a place where you belong. Um, and I want to I start with that with you tonight, because I feel like the, my ongoing feud with the left and with... People dispute whether you call them liberals, regressives, whatever you want to call them. The left generally, the Democratic Party even specifically. I feel like I've been pushed out, not necessarily pulled by the influence of the Republican Party or conservatives or libertarians. I don't go along with the identity politics. I don't go along with the social justice gospel. And because of that, I think I've been exiled. Um, and it's been a push force rather than a pull. And I'm curious if if you would describe your outlook, your evolving outlook, if you grant that it's evolving. Do you think it's a push for you or do you think libertarians and conservatives are persuading you more? Well, I think there's a couple of things in play. Uh, first off, the left has gone off the deep end. So if you just stayed wherever you were, if you were on the left over the last 20 years and you did not change one opinion, but the party, the group of people, whatever you want to call it, whether we're talking about the Democrats right now or the sort of broader left or the progressives, whatever, they kept going further left. I would argue at this point they've gone off a cliff. Now, I know just by the fact that we've already talked about the left for 20 seconds, a certain amount of people are going to be going, you didn't say anything about the right. Why are yeah. you talking about the right? You're obviously in bed with the right. I mean, this is just silliness and nonsense, and I'm happy to critique the right if you want to go there, too. But, but starting with the left, and as I always say, it's my job to clean up my side. There, you could turn on every channel everywhere and watch people bash the right. There's not much more I can add to that. But I can add something in this space about what's going on with the left. So look, I, my opinions, my feelings on things, basically for the last 20 years, I'm 40, I turned 40 this year, my opinions pretty much are the same that they've been for about 20 years. I would say, if anything, in terms of an evolution, I've evolved in the last two years a little bit more on smaller government, where I am now for smaller government. I understand smaller, uh, lower taxes a little bit better, uh, and just the role of government, states' rights, things like that. Now, those sound like libertarian things or conservative things, but those are actually classical liberal values if you really understand what classical liberalism is. Classical liberalism, by the way, has virtually nothing to do with progressivism, certainly not the progressivism of 2017, which, as you guys know, of course, is about big government. It's about judging us all as collectives, not individuals, all of that stuff. So to answer your question, I would say I haven't changed that much, hmm. but the modern left has very little to do with liberalism, which is why the video that I did last week 
that the left is no longer liberal. I mean, if you understand really what liberalism is, and I would uh, tell any of your audience to to open up a second tab and just Google the word liberalism. Look what, see what the word classical liberalism is. What does it actually mean? And it's based in logic and reason. That has nothing to do with the modern left. It's about liberty, individual choice, limited government, things of that nature. Those are liberal principles. By the way, most of the things that I believe in terms because of liberalism, you can also argue the same things from a libertarian perspective. So for example, and then I'll shut up, uh, when we had- <laughs> Thank when God, jeez. <laughs> I had Glenn Beck sitting in this very chair. I'm sitting in the guest chair right now. I had Glenn Beck. Yeah, office. so it's been good and crazied up for you. It's all warm. <laughs> we actually had a great conversation. And look, I, I look every I, once in a while I listen to his show in the car. You know, I give, I give Glenn a listen from time to time. Listen, a, a liberal can argue that they're for gay marriage because they want two gay people to be allowed to marry just the way uh, they would want a straight couple to be able to marry. And that's a liberal position because. You're, you're for their liberty. A libertarian could argue the exact same thing, not because they even care about the gay person at all, but because they wouldn't want the government to be involved in a contract that two people could get into. I think this is a beautiful spot to be in where you could have completely different political ideologies yet come to the same conclusion because of a consistency in ideology. And that's where we gotta grow some stuff out of. So even today I tweeted something about, you know, there's a new center developing and I said something about how I think Glenn could even be part of it. And of course, I'm getting shit from people on the left. And it's like, it's like you know what? Go keep finding enemies everywhere. But that, that's not the business that I'm in. Yeah. So I've noticed that since people have uh, become popular on YouTube, um, that even though your political orientation doesn't really change, I'd imagine your personal relationships have. I mean, we talk about this a lot <laughs> in our channels. People call in all the time. They're like, I have no fucking friends now. What do I do? And, and I, you know, I talk to people about this because I had to drop a lot of people because of this election cycle. So you live in West Hollywood, right? Uh, I actually just moved to another part of LA. Uh, okay. I bought a house not a couple miles away, so I'm not in but West But you're still Hollywood. in LA. I'm still in LA, yeah. How has your reception been, especially in the gay community? Um, well, I will tell you this. Look, over the last two years, as I've had this, this sort of evolution, which again, it's not that I've changed that much, it's just that the landscape has changed, I, I've lost a lot of friends, uh, or at least people that I thought were friends, some actually that were very, very close. Um, some, someone that was even invited to my wedding a year ago. Um, and basically what I've learned is that, and this again goes to the left as a general thing, so I can't, Every time we're gonna talk about this for the remainder of the hour, I can't say the regressive left every time or the control left or the illiberal left or whatever. <laughs> I'm just talking about the basic general left and I don't mean every person who's left. <laughs> Okay. You have been conditioned to just qualify every <laughs> statement to death. Holy well, cow. I'm not, I'm not Twitter has not been long. kind to you. <laughs> well, no, it's just because you know these morons are just waiting to screen capture something, <laughs> collectively edit. They're just it's such true. a bunch of pathetic losers. Anyway. Um, so this, this is what you do, by the way. I, I, uh, you know, on the Rubin Report, it's, oh, I'm Dave Rubin. I'm in my suit. I'm all fancy and professional. <laughs> you use other people's platforms to come talk shit. That, well, that's, <laughs> listen, when that's the Rubin tactic. Show, when they come to my show, I'm a, I'm a very welcoming, warm host listening to their yeah. opinions. Now I'm on your show, so right. I can do whatever the hell I want. Well, you you, you chose the right platform, no doubt. I'm just, um, I'm noting the difference in presentation. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's possible. Um, well, not I guess. I mean, apparently it is. Uh, <laughs> but I would say what I've learned is that the left is incredibly intolerant of other ideas. 
they pose themselves as the tolerant people. We're for gay people. We're for black people. We're for Muslims, blah, 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 blah. But they're not for diversity of thought. Right. So if you do not think the exact same things that they want you to think, if you say, especially if you say anything remotely positive about Trump, I kept saying all along, I kept saying, I don't think Trump's anti-gay. Not only does he had Peter Thiel, an openly gay man, speak before him at the Republican National Convention who got a standing ovation, but Trump got an applause break in his acceptance speech when he talked about gay rights. I said, I don't mm -hmm. think this guy's anti-gay. Everyone's calling him a homophobe. But what happened today? He decided not to do anything with the executive, with the uh, LGBT discrimination order, which everyone was saying he was going to do, and he didn't. I just don't believe it. So if you say anything like that, well, now you, they've, they've just pinned everybody. And this is, this is the problem, is that if you keep calling everyone around you a homophobe and a bigot and a Islamophobe and a blah, 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 well, eventually you've painted yourself into such a corner that you're the only moral person in the room. And that pretty much means you're crazy. Yeah. Uh, but oh, but real yeah. quick on the West Hollywood thing. So I lived in West Hollywood, which is like the gayest place on earth. I mean, we literally have rainbow crosswalks. <laughs> yeah. um, Holy cow. I didn't know that. It's oh, true. yeah. There's there's actually rainbow crosswalks. There. I think they have those in Canada, too. I saw a picture. <laughs> it's West Hollywood in Canada. But that's Canada's a Trudeau. I think that's a Trudeau place. executive action. Anyway, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, but I, look, I don't know. I wasn't really entrenched. I was never really in that sort of gay scene, whatever the hell that is. Um, but generally speaking, I did see a guy walking with a MAGA hat down the Santa Monica Strip there in the middle of that gay thing. And I saw people yelling at him. Uh, now, maybe he was trying to instigate him just by wearing a hat. But I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure in America you're allowed to wear a hat and walk <sighs> down the street and not be yelled at. Um, so, yeah, we just live it. We live in strange times. And the people who have posed as the tolerant ones are not tolerant. That does not mean by any stretch that everyone on the right is tolerant because obviously they are not. Right. Uh, and again, I hate having to qualify stuff like that, but I, you know, every now and again, it's worth. Well, and even, even tolerance, a lot of times these terms are treated as universally good. And I agree it's better to be kind of tolerant by default, but it's still a relative term tolerant to what or to whom. I mean, there was a lot of tolerance for Hitler in the appeasement, not to, not to commit the cardinal regressive sin of you know, <laughs> go, bringing everything to Hitler, but there are examples of things that should not be tolerated, that are objectively bad. And so the, I think there's always these universal virtues they want to throw out there that are far from, from universal. Yeah, well, but, you know, um, speaking of Hitler, uh, you know, you see all these people now, it's very cool to punch Nazis. If you... Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be out there. If you're not hunting Nazis, you're wasting your life. And I'm and and not only oh, I mean all these idiots who are saying, look, Richard Spencer, obviously I don't agree with what the guy says, but I will defend his right to say it without being punched. That's the whole point of free speech. It's not only for when it's easy, otherwise there would be no issue. You have to defend it when it's hard to do so. Yeah. And as I've said on the show several times, I have family members in both sides of my family who died in the Holocaust. I grew up knowing people that had tattoos on their arms. And, and around Holocaust survivors that were grandparents or friends of mine or things like that. So I don't take this stuff lightly, but you have to have principles when it's hard. So all of these people, and I'm talking about famous people and, and celebrities and comics with millions of Twitter followers that are all saying it's okay to punch a Nazi. I mean, really what you're saying is, you're, what you're really saying is it's okay to kill a Nazi because that, he could have been killed by that punch. You never know what's gonna happen. It could have broken eye socket and internal bleeding and blah, blah, blah. And then you know what, if you're saying, well, it's okay to kill a Nazi, I guess we could probably blow up their car, right? Because you don't want them going to a Nazi rally. Could you probably burn down their house or 
could you punch their wife? Yeah. And then if someone talks to them, could you could you attack them too? So there's no end. There's no end to this leftist bullshit logic. And that's what people have to start fighting back on. Stop pretending that they're the good guys because they're not. Agreed. Preaching to the choir. Holy oh. cow. We had a we had a really impassioned episode actually two Sundays ago. It's right after Spencer got punched. It was inaugural weekend. And just the disappointment in my friends. So many people that I trust, whose opinions I trust, that thought that this was a fine thing to do. Um, yeah. People think that anything is acceptable if you're a Nazi. The ever-widening definition of what a Nazi is, too. Right. Well, this is a Nazi show. I mean, this is a Nazi show at this point. This is a Nazi show. And what they're going to keep doing is spreading that term Nazi, Nazi. So look, so now you have Richard Spencer. Let, let's, I believe he's a self-proclaimed white supremacist. Is that correct? I think he he sticks to the term white nationalist. And I, he prefers he prefers identitarian. Let's be let's be fair to Rich. Identitarian, okay. Whatever the okay, identitarian. Now we're going to spread yeah. that out to a little bit white nationalist. You spread it out a little more, you got a white supremacist. A little more, you got a Nazi. Well, in there, I guess you could probably throw you know an alt right person like Milo, who obviously you guys know I have dif uh, differences with, but I like Milo. Uh, could you punch Milo? I mean, that, could right. you then punch me for sitting down with Milo? So it's like, yeah, it's the, it's the association. It's the enabling. And that's, yeah. that's one of the things I want to get to too, is some of the criticism of you, I find to be pretty interesting. One is the enabling. We'll get to that in a minute. Cause yeah. I, I saw, um, the article I saw was shared by Jordan Peterson and you were back and forth with him trying to clarify if he endorsed it or not. Cause he just kind of tweeted out this article Yeah, uh, and I was reading through it. It's hilarious. We'll get to that in a minute. But the other criticism that I, I frequently hear regarding your show is the interview style. And I happen to be a fan of it, but I, I hear you describe it as give them enough rope to hang themselves. And, and, and what I appreciate about your show is you're going to give the person a platform to offer their, their ideas, their speech in it's, it's most often not challenged. It's not, it's not confrontational, but what I like is I'm watching the show to hear what this person has to say. I think if the alternative is, whoa, whoa, let me stop you there. Whoa, whoa, interrupt, interrupt the whole Chank Uger bit, you know, every, yeah. every 30 seconds, let me stop you and shut you down. I don't want to listen to that. I want to, so I'm just curious how you respond to that criticism of, yeah. of you don't challenge the evil people enough or the people I disagree with enough. Right. First off, just to be 100 percent clear, I don't mind criticism at all, especially reasoned, honest criticism. I actually welcome it. And we can talk about what happened with uh, Phil DeFranco if you want to get to that in a little bit, which I think was a fair you, measured. You bring it in if you want. We did have yeah, people yeah. on Twitter asking about it. So people are he, curious. It was a fair measured criticism, but we, we can get to that in a second. But as far as the, my interview style, yeah, I do believe that if you ask the right questions, you can start to see how someone thinks and you can see how far their logic actually takes them. If I was to just yell at everybody every time they said something I didn't like or challenge them, look, in the last couple of weeks, I have had, my studio is now in my home. To, uh, let's see, last week I had Bishop Robert Barron on my show, who is from the Archdiocese of LA, who is completely against gay marriage. Guess what? He came into my home where I live with my husband and we had a perfectly decent conversation. Should my, should my have motive have been that I'm gonna hector him and harangue him. And do you think he's gonna then be like, you know what? I've been in the church for 30 years, and but you know, Ruben, you made a good point and I'm gonna call <laughs> the Pope and we're gonna see yeah. Of course not, that's ridiculous. But what I did do, and I think I accomplished, and I know I accomplished this because of the emails that I got, I've gotten a lot of emails in the last couple of days from Christians and Catholics and conservatives saying, and I didn't know who you were, 
but I, I like Bishop Barron. And I thought there was, they didn't know I was gay until I actually said it. And yeah, then they thought, wow, here's a decent liberal who's willing to have a conversation. And they were so appreciative of that. So yeah. I've had several guests wh where it's come to that issue. As far as, you know, look, I think that you, by using good questions, you can find out more about what somebody thinks. If someone blatantly lied to me on the show and I knew it was a lie in that moment, I would call them out on it. And I have done that, by the way. So a certain amount of the, you know, you can't worry about a certain amount of the critics because people just want to be critics. Um, here, it's a good example of, of something where I pushed on something. You know, Milo doesn't make the distinction between the nominal Muslim person and what radical Islam is. This is, you know, the ideas versus people thing that I've talked about endlessly that many people such as Sam Harris can do far more eloquently than I have. Milo was on my show once, refused to make the distinction. I said, Milo, let me help you out here because I think you're getting yourself in unnecessarily murky water here. Make the distinction between a set of ideas and not everyone who is Muslim believes in the bad ideas. Some of them, just like there are nominal Jews and there are nominal Christians and every other religion, some of them just like the traditions and things like that. And I'm friends with some of those people, by the way. Uh, and he just refused to do it. So look, what was I gonna, was I gonna just yell at him for the remainder of the hour? Or you made your point, I strongly disagree with it. And that's that. So I think a lot of this, and by the way, again, this is where I get more criticism from people on the left on this. When I have people that are left on the show, and I've had many of them, by the way, uh, I very rarely, I'll look in the comments quickly and people on the right will be like, ah, that person's an idiot. That'll be the extent <laughs> of it. But it won't be a endless tirade of how awful I am empowering you. Yeah. And that's, again, it's because the left has won the culture war, war to the point, and although I think they're starting to lose now, but they've won it for so long that the second they hear something that doesn't go along with them, they automatically think it's hate speech and, and some, you know, malicious nonsense. And it's just not, it's just not. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's, um, it's consistent with our experience on this show. It's, it's consistent with another thing I, I hear Milo say, which is, you know, I talk to Christian conservatives all the time. And the worst thing they ever say to me is I disapprove of your lifestyle, but I'll pray for you. Whereas, I mean, the stuff we have had, we've had people follow us around in public, harass us. I've had a guy threaten to ruin my life. We've had people, do people have doxxed blonde people. Posted dresses, I mean, yeah. This is the great, th we, we're trying to do this uh, on our own now. So we have recklessly quit our jobs and we're trying to pursue a dangerous dream. But the Good benefit is, yeah, I mean, you're the king of that. But the, the benefit is we don't have to worry about these people who do want to ruin our lives for words that we have said. Mm -hmm. And I've never, I've had, look, I mean, uh, I've had, uh, the, the, our, our, our chat is, is full of swastikas and everyone, cock, 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 oh, you, you beta pussy, whatever. They say mean <laughs> things to me, but I've never had anyone on the fringe right threaten me and, and say, I'm going to ruin your life. That's not happened to me yet. Right. I think the extremes are... are quite different in my experience. Well, I think the, the reason for that is what I just said, that they have won the culture war, which I do think they're starting to lose now because I think people like us are really gaining momentum. And I think these ideas, the phrase, the new center, I think is bubbling up the way regressive left was a year ago. So I think we're actually starting to win some of this stuff. And th because they don't have good arguments, all they have is that. That's all they've got left. And I, I did a video a couple weeks ago about how all they're going to have that last year was the year of fake outrage and that this year is going to be the year of misdirected anger. So yeah. they're not going to anger their, their, they're not going to direct their anger properly, which should be at an introspection into their own views. 
they're going to anger it. They're going to angle it. Sorry, at, at at all of us, and that's the problem. And that's why they don't want they don't want allies. They want to destroy everybody instead of instead of find allies. I'd much rather find allies, and right. and I and we are finding them, obviously. And I had a question for you about that. Like, what do you think is the future of the? I guess the regressive left. Like, I, I hear. Uh, I don't know, mix things from people that I really like on YouTube. Some people say that they're going to simmer out once they see that Trump is not really going to take away anybody's basic human rights. But I am kind of under the impression, especially after going to this Milo event where there was tons of violence, um, that they are not going to settle down and this is going to get increasingly worse. So I'd yeah. love to hear your opinion about that. You know, I think we have a perfect storm right now. I think in my video that'll come out tomorrow, I describe it. It's a match made in hell because we have the, we have the regressive left. We have this group of people who have been so tricked into thinking they're morally right about everything. And they judge us all by, they keep telling you that they're not the racist ones, but they judge everybody by the color of their skin. Right, and, right. You know, and every immutable characteristic that there is. Um, and we have them, and then we have their perfect enemy. We have Trump. We have an actual authoritarian. Now, mm -hmm. there, I think, and I've said it many times, that I think that we're only, what now, 10 days into Trump. There could be a lot of good here. I think there's room for good here. I don't like doing everything by executive order. I didn't like it when uh, George W. Bush did it, and I didn't like it when Obama did it. And there's plenty of evidence of me saying both of those things. So I don't like it now. This is this is a problem. We're circumventing the system right now that you know the legislative branch is supposed to do write the laws, but now we've basically handed all that power over to the president, who's now just signing things. And Trump is very, has signature; it's very professional. You see that signature? It's very. It does look great. And by the way, those are some of the finest memes online right now of him yeah, holding up the great. orders. I saw a great one with a cat drawing today. It said <laughs> "cat K A T" arrow to it, holding it up proudly. That's excellent. Keep they those coming. Um, but as far as uh, to your question about what's going to happen to the regressive left. On one hand, they're freaking out right now because for the first time they're on the defense because not only did Trump win, so that's a blow to identity politics and even Bernie Sanders admitted it, right? Yeah. Uh, so not only that, but now they also see us. They see all of these liberals and they realize they're losing liberals. And that's why they're attacking us the way that they are. Oh yeah. Because yeah. in a way we ha they can't, you know, it's one thing to attack Trump, everyone can do that. So they're just one of a gajillion voices attacking Trump. But now they see this disaffected group of liberals who are suddenly going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do I maybe have more in common with a decent libertarian? Do I maybe have more in common with an old school conservative? Uh, you know, as I often say, defending my liberal principles is becoming a conservative position. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah. and a girl that I met, I spoke up at Portland State a couple of days ago. Uh, I said that to a girl and she said, she said, let me add in one word. She said, defending my classical liberal principles is becoming a contemporary conservative position. And I thought mm. that was, I thought that was pretty good. Yep. So I think, yes, they are going to continue to lash out because that's all they've got. All they've got is trying to silence us, deplatform us, uh, scream that we're fascists and bigots and we're not. So we just have to keep talking. And this is every time I talk to college kids or when I do group chats or whatever, like people are realizing, stop being silenced. You're being silenced by the wrong, Find somebody to be yeah. silenced by, but I'm not going to be silenced by these clowns. Well, and, there, and there's a certain liberation that comes when you realize that their name calling doesn't actually do anything. I remember it was probably about a year ago. Um, it's within the last year, 2016, basically, when I started to actually become called a racist on a semi-regular basis. And at first it's like, gosh, that actually, that that's hurtful because you know you're not a racist. But the fact that someone would throw that at you. But over time, you're... 
you know, now it's just, you're so hardened by it. It's like, okay, you got me. I'm a Nazi. Now what? (laughs) Now what? What are we supposed to do? You're here. I'm racist. I'm a Nazi. Where do we go from here? Yeah. By the way, that's also why, you know, it's been easier for me to get people. Most, I think if I was to look at the full guest list of, of, and I welcome anyone that's watching to do this, if you've got some time, pick the entire guest list since I started doing an interview show uh, of September of 2015. And if you were to look at all my guests, I would say the most of them were actually liberals. We have had progressives and we've had people on the right and some alt-right people and some conservatives, but I would say most are liberals in the traditional sense. But because everyone, what's, what, because what the progressives are doing are basically saying that anyone to the right of them is Hitler, well then anytime I bring on anyone else, it's a reincarnation of Hitler. And this is, it's just silly. It's just silly and it's lazy. Uh, you know, get, a, lazy. get, a, get a better argument. Get a better <laughs> argument. Stop, you know, did you guys see this whole thing? You know, Linda Sarsour, the woman that organized the women's <laughs> oh, yeah, blocked she had some you. terrible tweet, right? <laughs> she, they, they uncovered, you know, she, first off, the, all these leftists suddenly, they're suddenly fetishizing the hijab as a, oh, as yeah. a thing of, of oh, women's, yeah. uh, you know, solidarity or something. No, 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 no. How long That's before they're in Victoria's Secret, do you think? Soon. Hijab, I, well, already I've seen Hijab lingerie. Yeah, I've calling it now, by the way. Europe. I've seen That's a thing where they're doing that sort of thing. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> but think about it. They only fetishize this one religion. So would they ever fetishize, if, if there were Mormon women out there in traditional Mormon garb or Quaker women or some other offshoot, you know, ninth day Adventist, is it ninth day or seventh day? How many, how many days? Seven, do they have? Seventh seventh, day they got seven. Yeah. But if it was whatever, any Orthodox Jewish women, anything, they would be mocking them. But with, with Islam, we have to... <laughs> exalt it even though it's the least progressive set of ideas but anyway so if you didn't see the stupid tweets with her she it's her they uncovered a tweet where she was talking about uh what was it taking away ayan hersi ali's vagina something oh, to that right. oh yeah ayan hersi ali who underwent female genital mutilation that means oh. her, google it if you don't know what it is it right. was a horrific procedure that she survived as a child in somalia who then was going to be married to a cousin, escapes, becomes a member of parliament in Holland. Then her friend, Theo Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh's grandson, they're doing a, a, a documentary on, or he was doing a documentary, I think, on uh, on Islam. He's shot in, in the middle of the street, cold blood, middle of daylight. They pin a note to her body. We're coming for you next. She has now devoted her life to fighting against Islamism, for secularism, for Western values, for women's rights. Who hates her? The left. So yeah. then what? Is, She's so labeled she, an extremist by the Southern Poverty yeah, Law Center. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the Southern Poverty Law Center, by the uh, way. You're, yeah, you're if, speaking if, my language there, Dave. Fuck them. If, if <laughs> Maji Nawaz and Ayan Hirsi Ali are, are anti-Muslim extremists, then... Have you them. have you hosted Ayan Hirsi Ali? I have. She was on... Okay. Uh, I've not seen that, so I need to check that yeah, out. Yeah, it, it was an early one. It was an early one. I'd love to have her back. And I wish she was born in America because I'd vote for her to be president. Yeah. She's so poised and wonderful. And her book, Infidel, was excellent. It was one of my introduction to Islam. <laughs> I was like, wow, but, we're in some trouble here. But think about it. Who is hate, Who hates her? It's the, the left. left. Yeah. This, this, is, this woman is everything that a modern individual who has grasped their life, their liberty, their dignity, who fights for all of the right things, all of the right things. You may have a little disagreement with her on some support of Right. Know, foreign policy, or I don't know what her feelings are on taxes, but this is someone whose humanity is in the right spot. 
and she's hated by the left. So and the left is obsessed with personal experiences. They 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 demand that everybody respects everybody else's personal experience. But her personal experience as a Muslim woman, you know, that was clearly circumcised, that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because they love diversity, just not diversity of thought. Well, I want to get to I want to share just a couple excerpts from these amazing articles. I, I thought this was a great time to host you because, and, and you beat me to the punch at the top of the show, quite honestly, because I wanted to say, welcome to the fascist party, you know, welcome to the yes. white nationalist circle that is ever growing every day. Apparently it's the majority of the country at this point, Gay but there's a couple white nationalists. Right. And that's, that's <laughs> what I want to get to, you know, I saw, so I encountered the first one I want to look at. I encountered this article, as I said, Jordan Peterson shared this. It's from Pathios, Pathios. I'm not yeah. familiar with the publication, Yeah. but, um, but there's a, it, the, the title is how classical liberals helped normalize white nationalism and elect Donald Trump. And one of the first, the second paragraph here, host of the online talk show, the Rubin report, Dave Rubin, an outspoken atheist invites the likes of former Breitbart editor Ben Shapiro or Breitbart's controversial Milo Yiannopoulos to speak for hours about, uh, without offering counter arguments or forcing them to defend their white nationalist and xenophobic ideologies. Instead, Ruben looks for points of agreement and forms bonds. The alt-right in turn enjoys Ruben Slaughter's audience to spread their <laughs> message of hate. So three Jews colluding, Three Jews and two gay Jews colluding for, for white nationalist purposes. Well, first off, Ben Shapiro is an Orthodox Jew. So if you think that an Orthodox Jew is spreading white nationalism or supremacism, you're, you're an idiot. Um, I don't even want to spend too much time on this article because this guy just doesn't like me. I think it's because I, I tweeted at him. I, I, want, I, I wanted to know, is this sincere or satire? He didn't, rep he didn't reply. Yeah, he's just an irrelevant nobody. It doesn't matter. But he, <laughs> I unfollowed him on Twitter like a year ago, so I think he's just upset with me. I don't know. Um, oh, you followed him previously? I think for a short period of time I'd follow him. But also, by the way, outspoken atheist. I don't know. None of my positions. First off, I had never even said I was an atheist till about a year ago. And what I've said consistently is that my only belief is that I only believe in things that I can prove. So if someone told me that LeBron James dunked from half court, I would say, well, yeah, I know I'd need to see some video evidence of that. And that's the way I would treat the biggest questions of the universe. So to say I'm an outspoken atheist, I don't care what anyone believes as long as you don't try to legislate it on me. But I know that that's a, it's an interesting way because I believe that the guy who wrote it is an atheist. And you can even see how now they're trying to, you know, this is like the, the uh, Glenn Greenwald trick of trying to turn everything on atheists. Cause you know, atheists are really the problem. You know, those atheists out there with the pitchforks and they're blowing <laughs> shit up and they're burning down libraries and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you're picking on the easiest group to pick on that, that is a minority that has no power. It's so, it's so silly and ridiculous. So whatever. And I'm also wondering See, if you can, I'm oh, sorry. One other thing, Go I have it. no evidence that even Milo is a white nationalist or white supremacist. No. First off, he sent me a picture last week. I, his boyfriend's black. I don't know if that's public knowledge, but he is, yeah. uh, and um, I've never, I've sat with Milo for hours. I did challenge him contrary to that article. And by the way, I challenged Ben Shapiro on several things as well. Um, but yes, I did try to offer a bridge to them too. So yes, I'm not sitting here trying to bring, yes, every week I want to bring an enemy into my house and wrestle with them. You know, <laughs> I, I could have been in WWE if that's what I wanted to do. But I have no evidence that Milo is a white supremacist. And he, he did a talk, um, I, I listened to most of his, 
uh, talks on his tour, he actually spoke, uh, I think it was New Mexico last week or one of his more recent ones. His, his, his language was don't fight identity politics with identity politics. I know you don't like Black Lives Matter. You don't like some of these racial identity groups, but the answer is not white identity. And he spoke at length for that. Now, that fires up some people who do think the answer is white identity. And, you know, if they want to think that, that's great. If they want to have their own show and think that, that's great. But I've never, I've, not only have I never heard Milo say anything to that effect, I've heard him say things explicitly denying that. But, you know, those are facts that get in the way of a good narrative. Um, yeah, anyway. And, and by the way, when I went to UCLA and I spoke with Milo, and there were hundreds of kids there, and there were some protesters, but afterwards, we met black kids, Asian kids, white kids, gay kids, trans kids, everybody there. And they were all having a ball. That was actually the first time that I realized that Trump was for real because I thought, wow, this is incredible. All of these kids coming up to me after, you know, saying, Dave, I'm liberal. I like, they were saying, I agree with you more than I agree with Milo, but I think I have to vote for Trump because we have to break this bullshit political correctness thing. That yeah. was the first time I realized that something different, something really different, some, something not based in politics but based in culture was happening here. And by the way, that is one of the reasons I think, I don't have any evidence of this directly, that Milo got the boot from Twitter. It wasn't simply because of that fight, but they realized he was winning the culture war. He was tearing it up on Twitter. And, yeah. and, it's, and you know, Twitter will have Richard Spencer be verified, who's a white, what do you call him, a white? Uh, an identitarian. An identitarian. Yeah. And they'll have the Muslim Brotherhood, which is goal is worldwide Islamism for us all to live under the flag of Islam. They're verified on Twitter. Bleach blonde gay guy, too scary for the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious if I can get you to talk a little bit about what happened in Portland this weekend, too. Uh, that's where I went to school. I love that city, actually. Um, I didn't go to PSU. I did go to Lewis and Clark, which is kind of, it's nearby. It's in southwest Portland. So I've spent a lot of time in that part of the woods. And I love the city, but, and it was always weird. It was kind of a culturally eclectic and weird place, but the politics appear to have gotten pretty wacky. I left in 2010 and I haven't spent much time back since. Um, but you spent some time at PSU. There was uh, allegedly uh, Antifa was going to shut this down because it's you know, fascist hate speech or whatever. But there's one quote in here. Um, the, <laughs> the protesters said, um, th at least what they, what they said before they, or when they were going to protest before they decided not to quote, PSU has decided to host anti-feminist, racist, and homophobic speakers. <laughs> Rose city Antifa said on their Facebook page. And then I love this. I love this part. Melt these snowflakes by disrupting their fascist safe space. You would love them to come talk to you. You would love them to disrupt your safe space. What are they talking about? First off, Yes, these racist, we, they said we were anti-LGBTQ. I mean, I got a good a lot of good laughs at it when I got there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm married to a dude. That's not gay enough for these people. Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, we have the, the video of the whole thing, and we're going to put it on my channel. It's about an hour and oh, a half. Oh, great. And it's really great. And I think you'll see, you'll see 400 kids who just wanted to hear some truth, that just wanted to realize that they're not a bunch of bigots. They know it, but they're waiting for someone to say it's okay to say what you think, to think what you think, all that stuff. So uh, yeah, the, the anti-fascists, uh, th that's what these people claim to be, who are always out there trying to stop free speech of other people. That, I'm yeah. not quite sure they get irony, um, but apparently there was something else to protest, so they canceled about an hour before. There were a couple of people that yelled a few things. Well, well, we, we just had that's why they time. left? There was something more racist in town was, that they had? <laughs> there was 
something more racist. I don't know I th- what. I hear I thought maybe they had an epiphany like, "Oh, we looked into it and he's actually quite reasonable and so is Christina Hoff Summers and I'm not familiar with the the uh professor who was there, but I would assume that he's probably he's employed at a, a state college, so he's probably a pretty reasonable guy, I I would guess. He was great. And and by the way, when we did the Q&A, I went out of my way to say, you know, if any because a few people they were agreeing with us when we did the Q&A mostly saying, you know, I think this and it's very much in line with what we were all saying. I kept saying, you know, guys, if there's somebody here that disagrees with us, th- this is your opportunity. And I think two or three people actually did. And it was minor disagreements are the, on this or that done totally respectfully. Um, but of course, we're, we're there for that. That's that's the point of free speech. Yeah, as I, I, the the stealing of the terminology and I, I don't like buzzwords in general. So, you know, the buzzword of snowflake and all this stuff, that's kind of whatever. That's kind of annoying to me anyway. But this idea that you would be so terrified to have them show up and ask a pointed question, it's like that that is literally his livelihood and his life's purpose is for people to show up and do that. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're melting his safe space. Yeah. You know, partly when, when we saw that this protest was coming and it sounded like there were going to be 50 or hundred people or something, um, you know, I, in my mind, I thought, well, I'm not going to retweet. People were sending me the, the clip that you're reading from yeah. and the text of it. And I thought, well, I'm not going to feed the beast here. I'm not going to, you know, retweet this. So we get more protesters. I, I like my life. I'd like to stay alive. I don't need someone throwing a, a rock at me or whatever. And we know as, because we've already talked about the Nazi thing, we know that the, the slippery slope of violence is upon us now. Yeah. And I was there to speak and have a good time with these kids. And I had a great time and I stuck around after, and I probably talked to a hundred or 200 kids and I went to a college bar after, which I haven't done in a long time mm. and, and, uh, did shots of tequila with people and had a great time. And they, that's what the, that's what the authoritarians, wherever they come from, that's what they don't want us doing. They don't want us realizing that most of us have most things in common. I, I don't care what you two do in your private lives. I hope you're enjoying it. And as long as you're not doing anything illegal, I don't care what you do. And even if you were doing something illegal, I, for the most part, I wouldn't even care about that. We don't have laws in my state, so yeah, I'm, right. I'm covered. That's the best yeah. place there is. And it does yeah. look like you're in a bunker, so you're doing your thing. That's yeah, fun. like I said, wilderness bunker, man. That's the end game. <laughs> it's the only you way to preserve. The, uh, did you watch the OA on Netflix? No, no, I'm terrible at watching TV and movies. So uh, well, aside from Star Wars, I can talk Star Wars with you, but that's about it. We, we can do some Star Wars, but there's a show on Netflix and a guy's holding a bunch of people in a, in a basement downstairs. And you kind of look like you're in that a similar situation. <laughs> no, I am. I am, in fact, at ground level and I am, in fact, in my own home. Don't be fooled by the show intro. I, I, I do manage to maintain some degree of independence and I don't live in my mom's basement. But that's as much as I can disclose at this point. Good enough. <laughs> Anyway, um, do you have one more question, Blonde? And then maybe we'll hop into, we got a ton of audience questions. And so with about 15 or 20 minutes left, um, I've got a bunch of audience questions that maybe we can get through quickly. Yeah, I did have a question. Um, Just because you have such a wide array of guests on your show, I was just wondering, because we we struggle with... um, with getting people with diverse opinions on our show. Like we want to get the trolls on our show and the people that are harassing us, they never come on. Um, And so I was just wondering, how do you choose your guests and, and how do you get those kinds of people onto your show? Um, it's, it's a couple of different ways. I mean, usually it's people that I'm actually interested in talking to. So, you know, when we kicked this show off, uh, there were so many reasons why Sam Harris was the perfect first guest because he had had so much to do with my political awakening, which I credit that night. I credit Batman because if it wasn't for Ben <laughs> Affleck being so ridiculous that night, maybe my awakening wouldn't, you know, that thing sparked it in a lot of people all over the world, literally all over the world. 
if you have a chance, take a look at the week that we did YouTube week, where I talked to uh, the last Pharaoh, Joe, over in Egypt. I don't know if you guys mm. know him, but he yeah, was talking I saw that about one. how yeah, he was talking about how that was his awakening. I thought this is spectacular. What a cool thing the internet is. We both we live. I don't know what that is. That's fifteen thousand miles away from each other, and we both two people who would you know by by the. Yeah nationalities of us or whatever you'd say they have nothing in common and we both had the same awakening well, it's such day. a pivotal moment i mean for i love bill maher and i still yeah. i try to love him now but that is a that is a pivot point at which i went from like religiously enjoying his show to now i hate watch it basically i hate <laughs> watch it every week because there might be yeah. some material maybe i want to respond to this or talk about this i pretty much hate it now at that well, and that's a pivot point on that show I, Bill has been one of my biggest comedy influences and, you know, I've, I've met him a couple of times and we've, uh, I'm trying to get on the show and we're trying to get him on my show. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, so we're, we're, we're working, we're working on all that. So I, I don't want to comment on that too much, but, um, but, but <laughs> you gotta maintain that connection. Now the shit talking stops. I see yeah. how it works. Yeah. No, no, no. I forgetting that even I have not, you know, look, <laughs> there are things that I don't agree with. I, I agree with Bill on a lot of stuff, obviously. Um, I would say at this point he might be a little more left. I think he's personally, I think it's a personal feud with Trump. I, I do think he is kind of religiously anti-Trump. And I think it's because of that personal dispute right. that goes way back between him and Trump. Right. So I do think there, there's a little bit of that. I think that the only thing that I, I don't like really about Bill's tactics is that he does have a habit of saying that people who disagree with him or the Republicans in general are a bunch of backwards redneck racists. Blah, 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 blah. Well, this last week, it's because they were drug addicts. It's because they do heroin in the heartland. Yeah. I saw that. So they're all drug, you know, they were, what did he, they had a clever word for it, you know, pill pop. It's a gateway drug to being a Republican or something. Yeah. Something like that. Now, look, that being said, I really like Bill. I don't have to agree with even the people who I admire most on everything. There are things that I, you know, you guys know how, know how, how much I admire Sam Harris. I don't agree with him on everything. And that's fine. And that's how it's supposed to be, of course. Um, Well, what the hell is the question? Oh, now, now oh, the original I've, question. Oh yeah. How do you get the guests? So how to get guests? I mean, so basically it comes from just, there are people just sort of in the milieu of things that I'd like to talk to that, you know, sometimes it's natural. So like when I had Sam on that kind of opened the door to get Majid. Once I had Majid on, then we reached out to Ion and that made sense. Once we had Ion, that opened up a couple other things. Uh, you know, when I had Gad sat on that opened up some other things. So a few different people often open doors. At the same time, I have plenty of people that are, you know, then I can get people like a Larry Elder or a Ben Shapiro or a Prager that are all conservatives. And at the same time, I can get people that are progressives like Margaret Cho, who I had on a couple weeks ago, or Roseanne Barr or Reva Martin or several other people. I can't it's, tell where Roseanne stands. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's everywhere. She's and I wasn't the only one in the comments on that one. That was an, that was an interesting... She I really mean, confused me during this election cycle because she'd say something and I'd be like, right on. And then she'd say something else and I'd be like, what? You know, <laughs> What's going on? She's a YouTube channel too, right? Yeah, you know, I love Roseanne and, and we're friendly and she is she's an old school provocateur. Like yeah. right, Milo, right. Milo's a new school provocateur. Roseanne, I think, is at the point, and this is to her credit, where she's got enough money, she's got enough celebrity. It's just like she just says shit and whatever <laughs> happens, happens. You know, Milo's provocateur, it's like an aimed thing. Uh, and hers is just whatever it is. Um, but yes, I do have a harder time getting some of these progressives. So of course I've asked. Uh, you know, Joel Jank publicly said he wouldn't do the show. I've oh, offered, uh, that I've was going to be one of my questions. How much do I have to donate on Patreon to get a Jank Uger oh, uh, Ruben Report that. special? Yeah, Wait, why I would mean, he not come on though? 
Well, it's not like it's Alex Jones where he knows he's going to walk into the lion's den. No, well, I mean, I think he knows that I would actually be able to, even though this is not the way I do things, but I would dismantle him terribly. Uh, you heard it here. I know. I know Jenk listens. You heard it, Jenk. Yeah. You're both I mean, welcome on the show for like that debate. it would be so confrontational. Maybe that's what he's scared of, that it wouldn't be confrontational. He wouldn't have that to hide behind. You would actually go, go up against his arguments. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even care. I, I don't even care. Uh, but, you know, I've offered plenty of these people, uh, you know, uh, and they, sometimes they block me on Twitter. Even a couple of times I was trying to get Leslie Jones. I have never even, I hadn't <laughs> no, even. No, that'd be awesome. Those, by the okay. way, I hadn't even seen Ghostbusters till last week. It's horrific. Uh, well, that's why you're blocked. It's the yeah. no, but I had asked her. I had asked her six months ago. I had never tweeted at her once. I never got involved in that thing with Milo. And about you know whatever it was, I asked her to come on, and I realized that I was blocked. That girl who did the MTV thing about white people, I went to tweet her to have her on. I realized I was blocked. Oh, I didn't even blocked. know. I wasn't Francesca even Ramsey or yeah, who? Francesca. Francesca. Uh, that'd be awesome too. I'd love to see these episodes. Oh, I was oh, blocked yeah. from that. The regressives episodes that that will never be. You know, and that's yeah. a shame. I was going to ask Linda Sarsour. Uh, but she blocked me. Uh, right. You know, Sally Cohn certainly isn't going to do it anymore because I've repeatedly asked well, her whether Sharia is good or bad. She but Sally's one, Sally is one she of the few. Crowder. She goes on Crowder yeah. frequently. I mean, maybe we They're could buddies, get some. They're right? They used to work together. Yeah, they did used to work together. Maybe there's hope. Maybe you could get her. I mean, whatever. Yeah, sure. If people want it. Yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to um, you want to get through a handful of these listener questions? Uh, with sure. The rest I'll try to do these a little quicker. Yeah, I think we got, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight of them. I grabbed some of them. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, and your your phrase that defending your liberal principles is a, is now a conservative position. Reese Jenkins on Twitter asks, when are you just going to start calling yourself a conservative? I've noticed people have just started calling me that in portrayals of me elsewhere. So, yeah, fine, whatever. I guess I'm a conservative now. Right. Well, I think my answer would be pretty much what you just said, that these labels are, are getting meaningless because everything is so upside down right now. The hysteria is at epic proportions. Mm -hmm. Nobody really understands what anything means. I've tried desperately to make the distinction between what a progressive is and a real liberal. Uh, you know, most people now that watch my show know that a classical liberal and a libertarian, it's not that different. A classical liberal sees a little more utility for government, a little more role of government than a, than a pure libertarian. But as you guys know, libertarians are all over the place. There are some libertarians that basically right. want anarchy. There are some that don't believe in driver's licenses. And there are some that are a little more what I would argue is realistic. Maybe that makes them classical liberals. So as far as the word, look, if the world keeps spinning off its axis like it is, well, then obviously everything I believe to be liberal will only be defended by conservatives. So would that then make me a conservative? I suppose if we want to get it down to that whittled, literal sense, but I am still a liberal. And while I don't think I can really save the left anymore, what I can do is I can find the refugees, right? I can find the refugees. I'm going to open up the borders and we're going to get a real healthy society of people over here and we'll watch that ship sink. I, I think you actually have to have extreme vetting on those people before you let them in, to be honest. <laughs> well, we I think we need to start. Day, yeah. We have a 90 day waiting. And we're Correct. <laughs> I would be much more cautious in my approach to letting those people anywhere near me, hence the wilderness bunker. But <laughs> uh, we, I, I got kind of a longer question here, but I thought it was interesting because you had mentioned earlier and, and it's, um, oh wait, no, here it is. It's from Michael or Michelle. I'm not sure how to pronounce 
the name, but you, you do reference frequently the idea that it's, it's crucial and Sam Harris in particular, it's crucial to separate people from ideas. And that is one big time failing of the regressive left. They can't seem to do that. I've got a question that kind of pushes back on that a little bit. Um, how can one, so Michael or Michelle asks, how can, how can one pretend to criticize an idea while granting those who hold it immunity from any criticism? If an idea is terrible, it is not is it not reasonable to assign some measure of blame to those not only uh, who hold it, but worship it. And even more so when uh, by doing this, these people are vectors perpetuating it and spreading it like a plague. Okay. So I think this is a great question and it's an important distinction to make. And this is where we get into a little bit of a gray area over, over this idea of people and ideas. So of course you can criticize ideas. If there's a political part, imagine there was a political party that said, we're going to throw gays off roofs. We're going to kill you if you leave the party. Um, we're going to put women in beekeeper costumes, et cetera, et cetera. Well, everyone would say this is a horrific political party. Nobody wants anything to do with this. If you do those same things within religion, suddenly you're a bigot if you say anything about those things. This is crazy. A religion is just a set of ideas. You could say anything you wanted right now about the Old Testament, and I guarantee you, I can't guarantee you. I would be willing to bet a lot of money. You wouldn't get much hate mail from Jews by if you said a bunch of things about the Old Testament. They would they would not care because they could understand the difference. But, and by the way, you could do that and it wouldn't mean you're an anti-Semite or you have any problem with Jews. You could be talking about this old archaic document while mm -hmm. at the same time acknowledging, oh, but there are people who come from a history related to this who now for the most part, Jews are basically secular, whatever, with a, as I think Sam has said something like, you know, they have no, uh, there's no congruent sort of belief around that, you know, um, except there's a history of, of a people there. So to, to the question specifically, look, you cannot, you can be, uh, you can criticize an idea however you want. Now, let's say there's a person who's putting those things into action. So look, we're obviously talking about uh, Islam here. So let's say there's a person who actually is throwing gays off roofs and using doctrine to say why they're doing it. Well, now they're aid, they're doing something illegal. Uh, so of course you can stop. Depends them. where they're doing it, I guess. <laughs> right. It's, it's legal so, in some places. Right, it is legal in some places. So it's encouraged <laughs> in some places. Maybe not, maybe not the tossing, but the execution, let's put it that right. way. Right. So yeah. within our Western civilization, let's just say, if someone is putting these ideas into practice, then of course you can talk about them specifically. That guy over there who is, you know, attacking gay people or who beats his wife or a series of other things or who wants to kill someone for leaving the religion. You know, you of course you can you, because at that, you're not prejudging. You're not being prejudiced. Prejudice is prejudging. You're not prejudging. You're postjudging. You're judging on behavior, which is what we all do mm. all day long. You don't just walk around the world spinning around, bouncing off things. You're, you're making judgment calls all the time. Um, so it, it, it is a little tricky because I get what the question is. The question is, well, wait a minute. If you're saying that the ideas, the, the ideas of all the religions are bad. There are plenty of bad things in all of the books with a lot of violence and craziness. There's very few people at this point who are taking the, uh, the New Testament or the Old Testament literally to do harm to people. And that isn't the case with the Quran. And that's why it needs a reformation. And that's why I'll always be an ally of the reformers, including Ayan and Ali Rizvi and Majid Nawaz and, it's, and Sarah Hader and many of the other people. So it, it, it's not as easy as um, the, the ideas versus people, of course, it sounds good, but there is some murky water in there of how do you separate that stuff. Hmm. 
You want to grab one out of here, Blonde? Sure. All right, from Paul. Um, does Dave think there will be any meaningful change for LGBT rights during the Trump presidency as compared to Obama? Well, no, because we got equality, basically. <laughs> we're, we're good, guys, everybody. You know, so the whole point of getting equality is that you get there and you go, we got it, great, now let's- Yeah, now it's let's, over, fight's over. <laughs> yeah, now guys, put down the, the, the torches. We did what we had to do, it was work. It was work, many people had to live through horrible things to do this and real discrimination and oppression, right. but we did it and gay people are treated well in society right now in Western civilization, in American civilization. We are treated well. In many ways we get certain benefits because it's thought of as cool to be gay. I'm not that cool, but they're cool <laughs> gay people. You don't want to see me dance. It's, it's <laughs> I dance like Bill yeah, Cosby. Yeah, what wins out, the white or the gay in that <laughs> in that situation? <laughs> well, I dance like Bill Cosby, which used to be funny, but now he's the all-time serial rapist. Right. So it, now that's not even cool. Allegedly. Uh, that's one thing I get a lot of pushback. I've made a few Cosby jokes in my day, and you know, yeah. Bill Maher does it all the time, too. Definitely get a lot of pushback on the Cosby. Those aren't substantiated allegations. You need to wait for the... Yeah, I get it. I, I get it. <laughs> See, he's, he's not been convicted. The pussy. You've got to give him the clonopin <laughs> before you do it, Theo. If only we had some jello. But you, know, you have you some jello in the pudding and you take them <laughs> right. to the other room and you do the thing with the pussy. Okay. I do a pretty good Cosby. There you go. Yeah, you uh, were mentioning you were, you were mentioning your comedy career before. Yeah. There's a taste. <laughs> Dave Rubin's legendary Cosby. Cosby. Yeah. Uh a couple quick hitters. I don't know. We probably won't have time to get into Star Wars. Probably just scrap that. But I did have a question. Wesley Sykes asks, what are his thoughts on Star Trek? Not a huge Star Trek guy. Uh, never really got into the show. Uh, I've seen Ew. the movies, even the new movies. I think I fell asleep in the, in the last one. You know, they're having their adventures. Good for them. You know, that's great. There's no force. You got to get a little force in there. I agree. And without... Um, Without getting too far into the Rogue One thing, one of the, you'd mentioned you weren't a huge Rogue One guy, but among many criticisms that I have of it, it's if, if you take the Jedi out of Star Wars, as Rogue One does, I didn't hate it, but there's that magic that's kind of lost and it didn't yeah. work as well. It just didn't have magic. And, I, you know, I suspected that everyone was going to die at the end. You didn't care about any of the characters, the blind half force guy. All right. And his his buddy. That, of course, the people on the left were trying to make them gay. Did you see all those articles about, oh, the gay <laughs> love story? Yeah, just because there's two guys that are friends. <laughs> they have to be gay. Um, That's a weird scene, those two characters, if I start thinking about it. The one scene that I really hated, though, was when that first scene, when you see Darth Vader come out. First, they do the, they do the long shot of Mustafar. You see his castle. It's cool. You're like, oh, he's been living in solitude all these years. It's awesome. He comes out to meet, what's his name? You know, the main bad guy, whatever the hell his name is. Um, and he walks out and he kind of sashays out and he's like, he's like middle management. He's like, well, you better find that thing. If you better find it, I'll find <laughs> you. And, and what is that? He uses that horrible pun. He's like, don't choke on your way out or something. Like he sounded right. like Paul Lind. It was, and then they made it better at the end because he was badass for that two minutes. But if you want to do that movie, right, you know what you do? You have the rebels steal the plans right at the beginning and you have a two hour chase movie with ah. Darth Vader at the height of his powers, because we're never going to see it otherwise, because he was at the height of his powers, right, between uh, between Sith, part three, and New Hope, part four, which is where this takes place. And you have him killing and slaughtering everybody in a quest to get those plans. Not this thing that they did. 
I'm with you there. I'd like to see that. The one thing I did appreciate it is it tied up the most obvious plot hole in the entire saga. Which, why yeah. do you have this one obvious weakness in the super weapon? Well, now we at least know why. So at least there was that. One more quick yeah. hitter for you before we call it a night. Uh, Blue Mist asks, if, uh, if Simon & Schuster ever call, is Dave planning to write a book? Uh, well, I am writing a book at the moment, and ah. uh, I will not comment on the Simon & Schuster portion <laughs> of the question. <laughs> I was just wondering if you had any quarter million dollar deposits forthcoming. That's kind of what I was getting at. I, whatever my down payment is going to be, I don't or down payment, whatever they call it, the advance or whatever. I, I yeah. don't think it's going to be quite my low level, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I am working on something that's uh, you know sort of framed around a lot of the things that we're talking about. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we asked for an hour, and we stay true to our word. Um, so unless you guys have other things you want to discuss, I'll. Go ahead and get you out of here you after know what? a long day. I'll give you one bonus question. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't I, know if I have one in there. <laughs> we might have prepped exactly enough. But there was one, there was one that this kind of got... comfortable. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Do you, want, do you want to take one, Blonde? Or I have one more that I'd like to ask... Because we covered... There was one more audience question that was, that was on your thoughts about... Um, interviewing Christians who people or people who don't necessarily agree with you on gay marriage, but you've kind of already touched on that. Um, so blonde, if you don't have another one, I've got, no, go for it. Skag. Well, I'm just, I'd be curious um, about your thoughts on just independent media generally. Cause one of the things I'm so excited to see happening is the success of shows like yours that are, that are fan funded. Crowder is killing it on his daily show and people, and, and even people who are generous with, with this operation here, people are forking out their hard-earned money to get not only entertainment, but I think some closer semblance of truth than the mainstream media will offer them. Um, I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. Do you think, I, it's, it's, I th it seems pretty obvious to me that this type of stuff is the future, the dinosaurs of CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, they're all going to die. But um, I don't know, I'm just curious for your thoughts on the topic. And I'd also be curious to know, um, I mean, it seems like you took kind of a, a career risk to make this move, right? I mean, you moved away from something that was stable. I'm going to go independent. I'm going to build a studio in my house. How confident were you in the success that you've now enjoyed? I mean, how, how worried about, how worried about it were you at the time? Matt, you're a good interviewer because I put you on the spot and you came up with a good question. You could have <laughs> just dropped the ball right there, but that, this will be a good one to wrap this whole thing up. Um, you know, a, of course you're right. The mainstream media is crumbling and they deserve to crumble. It's, you know, part of what's happening right now with Trump is that we see the mainstream media flexing their muscle again, like we're gonna fight the power. Where the hell were you guys for the last eight years? You sucked up relentlessly to the yeah. power. All you wanted to do was empower the power and be and all of the WikiLeaks emails with Clinton, but also how they treated Obama and all of these things, they sucked up and sucked up, so they destroyed their own credibility. And that, then they saw the rise of all of the online media, some which I like, some which I don't. And now they're, they're trying to be like, oh, but we're the safeguards of a free society. And it's like, guys, the, the, the jig is up. It's, it's over. You did it and you blew it. And the question is now is that, look, there's an extremely low barrier to entry to do what we do. And that's beautiful because any of us can get in on this. 
But at the same time, any idiot can get a microphone and a fake desk and pretend they know what they're doing. Are you and taking shots right now? <laughs> in their wilderness <laughs> fortress. Right, yeah. 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 I have my world have... market desk and my, my microphone and that's it's about very, it. It's very professional. It's very yeah, professional. yeah. But anyone can get in and anyone can trick people into thinking that they're telling the truth or blah, blah, blah. So you as a viewer have to be more discerning because you have to really sift through a lot of bullshit to find what you think is mm -hmm. real and what you think has value. Uh, but you're totally right. There, there's people that are killing it in the digital space that are doing good work. Again, whether I agree with them on every little point or not, so Crowder would be a great example of that. And for me, when we decided to do the fan funding thing, you know, I was at Aura TV, which is a, a digital network that's partially owned by Larry King, who's my mentor and friend. And I just felt, I saw the tea leaves changing. I saw the amount of fan mail we were getting. I was looking at our watch time. Our watch time was something at that time, it was almost 14 minutes of video. Uh, which is unheard of. They, uh, when they were looking at our analytics, the internal team, they couldn't even believe it. They thought that something was wrong They th because they thought a decimal point. I heard really that in Trump's voice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do a Trump, but they couldn't even believe it. it was, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a very horrible, humble brag. I don't even know if that was. <laughs> but my, my point is that I realized something special was happening here, and I thought, if I'm ever going to try this, I saw the Patreon thing, and I thought, let me just try it. And when we set up our plans with Patreon, you know, we, we plotted it out really well. And when we went to bed that night, uh, David and Amira, who are on my team here, I said to them, guys, maybe I just blew this whole thing. And if I did, then I guess maybe I'll think about doing something else. Um, but I suspect not. And four days later, we hit the, the 20,000 a month goal. Uh, you know, we've oh gone, above, we, we've gone above, uh, you know, above that. It helped me buy a house and build a studio. And, and the beauty, the real beauty for me is that for the, it's over 3,000 people that are with us on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know their politics. That's really the truth. Mm -hmm. And I know I get a lot of people I see on Twitter, again, it's usually anonymous, uh, you know, furry avatars, uh, that'll say, oh, he sold out for that alt-right Trump money. <laughs> I, yeah, first off, I don't know that that even exists as a thing, that there's right. alt-right Trump money. Um, but the truth, the true truth is that I have no idea what most of my audience thinks. I can see some stuff on Twitter. I can see some stuff on YouTube. People message me on Patreon, but it's it's maybe a hundred people out of the right. three thousand people. I would argue that I, if I was really to figure it out, if I had to guess truly what it is, I'd say it's pretty damn split. A third, a third, a third in terms of who they. Not all of them are American, but in terms of the American ones, at least, I think it was probably a third Clinton, a third Trump, and a third Gary Johnson. So I think we skew a little more libertarian, right. but. But the beauty of all of that is that I'm beholden only, I'm not even beholden to these 3,000 people really, I'm holding to myself because I have to do what I think is right because I have no idea, if I knew that all 3,000 of them were, were Trump supporters, could that possibly sway what I think? Well, I'm not gonna lie to you, of course that possibly could. But the way it stands right now, I simply don't know and I love that. I love that about my audience and I get messages from people every day saying, Dave, you know I support you but I disagree with this or I agreed with that or whatever it is, but that's why I'm supporting you. Hmm. And sometimes I get messages from people that say, I can barely listen to you. I, I don't even like anything you're saying, but I like the guests. That's <laughs> fine too. <laughs> you know, that's fine too. So I think there's a cool, a very cool thing happening online. You guys are a part of it. There's a, there's a connection happening with people that are waking up about this nonsense. And the most important thing is to do exactly what you guys are doing, which is get your voice out there. Stop being afraid of saying what you think. 
uh, if you are afraid to say it now, guess what? It's going to be a lot worse in five years if you're afraid to say what you think now. And if, I don't know if you guys are going to have kids one day or whatever, not necessarily with each other. Blonde, well, no, I say, yeah, maybe we have some, we might have some listener fan fiction about that, but that no. <laughs> blonde, blonde's got her own thing and I've got my own thing, but, uh, she's yeah. eager. She's eager to start populating the homeland. Let's put it I that am. way. Well, you know what, then you're doing the right thing right now, because if you bring kids into this world, they'll say, you know what, mom stood for what she believed in. And most people are just simply afraid to do it. And that's why liberty will disappear. Because if people are afraid to say what they think, of course, bad people will jump in and gladly tell you what to think. So we, we got something good here. There's momentum behind the things we care about. And uh, I'll keep going if you guys do. How about that? Deal. Oh, that's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't think we'll break that um, unless <laughs> unless someone busts in here and, you know, finally ends it all, which apparently there are threats to do that increasing. <laughs> ah, well, that's but, a nice way to end this. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I always like to be cheery when I when I close out, close out my shows. But um, but yeah, uh, we appreciate it, Dave, man. Can't can't uh, thank you enough for taking some time out for for our little show tonight. And I know our audience was really excited and really appreciated uh the time you did take so so keep doing great work and we of course will be watching my pleasure guys keep up the good work and thanks for having me thank you all right well that's our guest dave rubin find his links to the rubin report youtube channel his twitter at rubin report his website that's all uh in the top of the description there and you can become enlightened not only by his wisdom but by all those with whom he associates so Thanks, as always, to our live viewers and our live chatters. They keep us honest, shitposting away while we try to maintain sincerity. If you are listening on YouTube or an audio platform on demand, thank you as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more of the show on those audio platforms. iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can probably find us. They're all linked uh, conveniently in the description for you. And you can always email us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back generally on Sundays, but this week it's a little unclear due to the Super Bowl. Uh, In any case, generally, if it's Sunday. Sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. Thanks, guys.